0: One of of the reasons I love, I'm loving this series, Giants Going Down, is because the possibility is just so real that you and I can walk free of giants in our lives. Amen? And do you believe that? I'm serious. Do you believe that? So I'm not looking for hype. I'm not looking for hype, but I'm just asking you, do you believe this morning that you can walk free from the giants in your life? I had some testimonies already from week one. Let me just read this one. I've been praying concerning a very large giant in my life continuously for two years. Last week woke me up and enabled God to slay that giant that very day. This is such an enormous blessing. Amen? Come on, who's ready to slay some more giants this morning? So, you know, if you're just jumping in on this this, the first time for this series, this is just week two. And maybe you're thinking, I don't have any giants. (laughs) But when when we start looking around and in the corners of the closets, you go, wait a minute. Maybe there's some things in my life that are keeping me from experiencing the fullness of what God has intended for me. And one of those giants, for a lot of us, is the giant of fear. I can tell you that personally, it's been a giant in my life. The fear of man, it's been there for a long time. Um, There there was... uh, uh, a young lady that I prayed with last week that said, I know my giant, my giant's fear. Would you pray for me? There's anxiety in my life. And, and so because there are still giants in the land, I want us to look at all of them, but I want to look specifically at this giant called fear this morning. And I just want to see if we can become free from fear. Amen. And so in doing so, we can see God glorified in our lives as we live lives that trust him. So we looked last week in the story of David and Goliath. And I know many of you know the story, uh, story, you've heard it growing up. And we touched on a couple of, of these verses last week. Um, but we're, we're, we're not just pulling giants out of hat. We're actually gonna try to let the giants step out of the text that we're talking about. And one of those giants, the giant of fear, is right in the middle of this story that we read last week. So if you wanna stand with me, we're gonna read just a couple of verses Uh, just to honor God's word as we do that this morning to kick this off. Um, We're going to start in uh, 1 Samuel 17, where we were, and uh, verse 11. And so as Goliath comes forth and they see how big he is, and they, they hear the taunts that he has for the army of Israel, this is what it says in verse 11. On hearing the Philistines' words, on hearing is a key phrase for us this morning. So they heard, and when they heard, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were what? They were dismayed and they were terrified, right? And then more explanation of the situation. We're going to jump down to verse 24 there. It says, when the Israelites saw the man, when they saw Goliath, when they saw the giant, they all ran from him in great fear. All right, let's pray. Father God, we know that your son Jesus is a giant slayer in our lives. That's where we we went last week. And Lord, we we just pray that you do it again. We know you're faithful. We know that we can trust in you. And we know that you go before us. And you come back with the head of the enemy. So Father, we just say thank you this morning. Set our hearts to hear your word. We want to leave here different this morning as a result of being with you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So fear, fear is a natural thing. So let's just say that right off the bat today. Fear in and of itself is not a sin. Why? Because fear is a natural human defense mechanism. How many of you have ever been afraid before? All right, how many of you have ever been really afraid before? (laughs) Yeah, it's something that happens to us when we feel threatened. And, and they call it the, the fight or flight symptom. So when something comes against you that could threaten you emotionally or physically or psychologically or, or some other way, you size it up and you decide whether you can take care of it, right? <laughs> and if you can, you might want to fight. And if you can't, you might want to flight, <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to bolt and jet out and get out of there as fast as you can. And that's a natural human survival mechanism and fear in and of itself isn't necessarily wrong. So if you ever face something in your life and you're like, man, this is making me afraid. um, You know, that's not the problem that we're facing in this discussion today. The problem that we're facing in this text was that this was 40 days and 40 nights of this giant, the same guy saying the same thing. Everybody had time to think about it. All these warriors had time to process it and they were sitting in the tent, right? We talked about this last week, and they, they had time to think about the situation, to make a different response based on the character and the track record of God, but what did they do? The fear in and of itself wasn't a bad thing, but the fear prompted them to do, to, to be basically to be, just, they're sitting, they're squatters, right? They're, they're comfortable. That's what was happening. So, I already asked this, but, you know, how... How many of you ever can think about that time that you were really terrified, like you were really, okay, yeah, some of you are like, "Yep, yeah, I'm there. I mean, you were super terrified. I think probably all of us have had something or uh, you know something in our life that kind of put us into that mode at one time or another. And I, I really wish I had some pictures to show you from my time as a security officer days in Dallas, Texas, because uh, they, would be, they would be entertaining this morning. But um, first of all, it was a a big transition for me. I I, I moved to Dallas, Texas to to be a student, a Bible college student at Christ for Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas, that's where I went to Bible college. It's a big transition for me because South Dakota grown boy, and I was moving to the big city to go to college. And, And second, there's a lot of things in the big city that are new, right? They're new experience, totally different for me. And I took a job working downtown Dallas. As a security officer, in one of the, you know, fun districts of the downtown. So there was a lot of activity, I saw things. And I saw things, and I could, and I experienced a lot of things working in downtown. Uh, I, I could tell you stories, for, some, some of you have heard the stories. I could tell you stories for days. But my first week on the job, of course you start at the, the low end of the ladder. I was, I was a security officer that was, um, uh, sitting in, in the, the little booth of the parking lot at Lone Star Gas. This I drew a little graphic to try to make this shorter. <laughs> See the arrow? That was in that little booth of, of the Lone Star Gas. Lone Star Gas on the right side there was the, the series of, of high rise complexes, the, the marble and the glass, the very you know, um, top dollar establishment there. There was a building in this parking lot across from me. And then I worked in this little guard booth that was really owned by the Presbyterian Church there. And it was their parking lot that the Lone Star Gas Company rented for their employees during the work week. And so it was my job to keep that garage safe. And so I I worked that lot. My first week on the job, let me tell you, my world was opened up to (laughs) new and wild, crazy different experiences, things I had never experienced before working in that little guard booth. And one of the experiences that I remember vividly because it scared me, it scared me, (laughs) was a young young couple, I found out they were a Filipino couple, came up to the garage uh, booth there and they they asked me, they said, can you help us? We're trying to get into the soup kitchen, which you can see on the left there, the Presbyterian soup kitchen was over there. Not really my responsibility, Um, you know, I kind of, kind of was working in the Presbyterian church garage, but I was hired by, and paid by, Old Star Gas to secure their building. What I should have done, had I, had I been a little bit more experienced, is just called the police, hand it off to the proper authorities, and be done with it. But I was inexperienced, and I, <laughs> here's what I did. I did several things wrong that day. I got up out of my booth, and I let them tell me the story as I was walking to the danger. And so I'm walking back with me and they tell me there's a guy that's threatening their life and he's right over here. Let's, let me show you. Okay. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and I'm walking down with them and, and I see this guy that, um, I mean, it's like a scene from the movie, like a, a crazy, how do you say it politely? His hair was disheveled. His shirt was like torn and tattered. And he just looked like you know, a stereotypical crazy guy. I don't know how to say it. He just looked like possessed. And he was um, cussing and, and waving. And if they weren't wait, nice waves. You know, they were like, I'm going to kill you kind of waves. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm walking towards this guy. I'm walking towards the corner of that block with these guys as they're telling me, yeah, he, he threatened my life, my wife's life. And can you protect us? okay, you know. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I, that's, I, I was just, I've always been somebody I want to be, be a person, you know, I, I try to live by God's word. I want to be an excellent employee. I want to do what I'm, you know, and so I was just, I just wasn't, my mind wasn't there. The second mistake I did um, I learned this. Uh, for, I learned this very quickly this first day, this first week on the job. Is that I had my radio completely turned up, and so when I called for the backup, which I should have, the police backup, the ones that have actual weapons, um, to come and you know take care of this situation, he responded back, and the whole block could hear what he said. He said, because I had my volume turned up so loud on the radio. He's, I called for uh, Unit 2, this is Unit 9, I, I need immediate response, you know, down at the soup kitchen there's a situation, and he responds back, says, 10-4, good buddy, you know, whatever he says, and he says, I'm on the top floor of the high-rise security, it's going to take me a while. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> not so loud, <laughs> I'm seriously, I, I think everybody on that whole block, all of a sudden their eyes are on me. <laughs> okay, what you going to do, Sean? <laughs> And, and back then, I was a toothpick. I was, I was a skinny little guy. I was skinny. And, and, um, and so I'm there. I'm standing there. And you know what? I get to the corner, and, and the, the guy's on the opposite corner, kind of standing over here, the Presbyterian uh, soup kitchen. He's over here. I'm standing right here. We get up there, the couple had been kind of walking beside me, but we get there and they, they just kind of stand behind me all of a sudden. <laughs> and so then this guy who is threatening them all the way as they're walking down starts pointing his attention towards me and starts threatening me. I'm going to kill you. Who do you think you are? You know, it was like a giant <laughs> threatening me. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, okay, it's, it seemed like it took an hour for that police officer to come down to that block, and even when I saw him, when I saw him come around that corner from the Presbyterian church, I swear he was kind of walking like this. <laughs> it was like the slowest walk ever. Oh my goodness. And when he finally got there, I mean, it's just something to witness if you've seen a downtown big city metro police officer just do their, just do their thing. I mean, what happened before he got there, when he saw the police officer coming, that guy started walking across the street and I was tensing up. I was, t- I was sweating bullets, I don't know if you've ever really been afraid, but I was sweating in ways that you should not sweat. <laughs> I think, I think my sweat smelled a little bit more. It was like that scared. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to throw this shirt away. <laughs> and, and I got there. This guy, I was, trying, I was trying to like look tough. You know, the little toothpick guy. They couldn't hardly stand behind me because there was nothing to stand behind. <laughs> and and, and I, honestly, I was doing everything I could not to do this. You know, not to shake. I didn't know what was going to happen. He was walking towards me. And I, I kid you not, this happened to me twice when I was working this this job he pulled out a knife and I swear I it must have been it was like a jungle knife it was like a machete it's like how did you just pull that out of your pants you know where did that come from and he starts brandishing he starts threatening my life and he's standing there and I'm just doing all that I can to just stand I was I was like I am gonna faint <laughs> people are watching I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna have wet pants here pretty soon you know and then all of a sudden, I say all of a sudden, like I said, it took an hour for that guy to walk that one block. He walks past me and it was like, and that guy was on his knees and he was in handcuffs in a matter of two seconds. Came to my rescue, right? There was, there was, an, uh, there was another time, probably the even more scary than this. I was, I was called on... On a, on a, a couple years down the road, um, there was we had this underground parking facility, and there was somebody breaking into the vehicles. And as 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 you, I mean, this, you could kind of picture the underground parking lot is dark, it's kind of scary, it has that echo sound, and and so I hear this over the radio, and guess who was a patrol officer that night? Yay! So guess what my job is? I have I'm a contract security officer. I have no. Um, I, I'm not allowed to carry any weapons. I carried some pepper spray, and that's a whole different story, a funny story for another day. <laughs> but I, I, I'm called, and I'm, I'm the one that has to go down there and apprehend, right? And so just being who I am, I start, you know, run, walking, jogging to the underground garage, and I start, I get to those steps, and I can hear the glass breaking in the cars. <laughs> And every time I heard that it was like fear just like my heart was pounding out of my chest and I'm thinking to myself what am I going to do when I get there what am I going to say and you know, as a believer in Christ, that is like the perfect time to pray in tongues. So I was doing that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, Lord, give me direction. Help me know what to do. And, and, and I, th- I, I don't know, man. I, I was running down those steps and I'm thinking, but what am I going to do when I get there? What am I going to do? My, my heart was just, felt like it was going to explode. And I get there, and I open the door, and I still have no idea what I'm going to say. Like, get out of here, you know? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> 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 and I, I open the door, and, and those. That, that sound of breaking glass, I, I, I could have sworn I heard it right up into the moment that I opened that door, but when I got there, he was gone. So I didn't ever have any giant to face. He was gone. And, and so I walked into that situation and I gathered my composure, I called back up on the radio and that was that. And uh, you know, it kind of looked good for me when I got to go back to the supervisor, and so, say, yep, he's gone, I chased him. <laughs> he's, no more problems, sir, right? But so, this text isn't saying, don't have fear if you're a security officer going into the dangerous, scary, you know, life-threatening situation. Or, or, don't, or don't do that if you accidentally cross a street in front of a traffic going the wrong way in a foreign country. That's not what he's talking about. Or, or you know, don't do that if someone comes through the front door of your house. When you're at home, that happened to me once as well, in Dallas not a fun situation fear that you know but that's not what this is talking about fear is a natural human reaction we have that it's actually part of the survival mechanism that leads us to that fight or flight syndrome syndrome so the problem is when the enemy takes a natural human reaction that was intended for our survival and twists it and morphs it into a lifestyle or a mindset of fear it's when we start living afraid. So being afraid for a moment, I don't think dishonors God, but if you allow the enemy to take that moment and other moments and compound them into a lifestyle of being afraid, then you're living directly opposed to the Spirit of God, right? Who's in us, who, who's living in us, he's in us, because it's contrary to the Spirit to live in fear. Does that make sense? So the Scripture says God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Right, yeah. But of power and love and a sound mind, Jesus did not go to the cross and and come up from the grave so that we could live fearful and fear-riddled lives. He understands that things make us afraid, but he doesn't want the enemy to trap us into a lifestyle or mindset of paralyzing fear. And so, a lot of people live that way. We put a simple term on it, sort of a casual phrase. We call it Murphy's Law. How many of you does anybody know what Murphy's Law is? Right, yeah. So Murphy's Law says, whatever can go wrong, right? Will go wrong. Whatever can go wrong. And that's honestly, there's some truth to that, right? We live in a broken world, a broken planet. We're living in a spiritual battle zone and things are going to go wrong. Things are just going to go wrong. You can buy the latest, greatest, whatever and get home and take it out of the box and it doesn't work. (laughs) Right? That happened to you? (laughs) You know, Murphy's Law is... In a way, it has some truth in it, but the problem comes when we turn it, turn our lives into a Murphyism, and we just absorb the mentality that all of our life is going to go wrong all the time, and we live in anxiety, we live in fear. So, now don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get political here, but I want to bring up Saturday's inauguration of South Dakota's new governor, Christy Noem. Um, so, don't, so don't get me wrong. Again, don't get me wrong when I say I don't want to get political. I believe that government is important. I believe uh, that we should pray for our president and our elected officials. Amen. Whether we agree with them or not. Amen. That we should be informed. We should pay our taxes um, and, and take our right to vote very prayerfully and very seriously. But I, I try not to use the pulpit to make political statements, just biblical ones, right? So God so help me. But I will say, though, Christy is a personal friend. And so when when she took um, that spot, um, that was pretty cool for me. It was cool for me to see her elected. And it's cool also because of her relationship with Jesus. Now, some of you guys have been around long enough that um, you've been around when we did camps back in Nebraska. And it was the reason I know this is because Brian and Christy Nome led our four square kids camps right alongside us, and I mean powerful, powerful like kids getting baptized in the Holy Spirit getting words from God leading that and so and some of you guys brian 's been with us a few more years now as Christy has started getting more involved in the government. Some of you guys have seen. Brian, Noam, lead worship, you know. <laughs> and you have me to talk about some passionate praise, right? And Christy's right up there with him. So it's, it's cool for, for us to see that. And I actually, I actually texted Brian the night of the inauguration. I said, congratulations, first, first gentleman, because that was just a cool thing. <laughs> you know, he's the first one. And, and, and I really think another thing that I love is that South Dakota elected our first female governor. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see the way, look at, look at this picture if you haven't seen it, that they lit up the dome in pink? Did you guys see that? Isn't that so awesome? I love that. It. It's, it's, it's a powerful and a historic moment for us in South Dakota. But I also really love that Christy made a point, some of you guys were there. I might be using some of your pictures, so sorry I didn't ask for permission. <laughs> but uh, making a point of having an inaugural worship service. So cool, so powerful, singing, how great is our God right there in the dome. I love it. Yes, in the Capitol building. And so you don't, you don't, you didn't see much about it in the news. It wasn't meant to be a political statement, but I know Lee, I don't know if she's here this morning or she might become the second service, but she posted a video of it and I think it had 20,000 views or something like that already. I mean, that's so awesome, right? And so we have, you know, some ladies that were there. But I I see that. I say, oh, man, as a Christ follower, that's pretty awesome to see, you know, that celebrate. And it wasn't done in a haughty or a proud way that I could see. It's just a simple act of worship. One of the first things uh, she did as governor of our state. But I digress because here's what happens. You know as well as I do that there were a lot. And by a lot, I mean we could... We, more than we could read in the time that we have here together this morning, a lot of comments and commentary and articles and such about how this is not a good thing for South Dakota. And, you know, now I'm not naive. I know a lot of, lot of stuff in the political realm is it's politically motivated or maybe even party line motivated, but, it doesn't, but doesn't this just paint a picture of that Murphyism? You know, what can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, people are saying stuff like, oh, man... We've got a lady Bible thumping governor in South Dakota now. And you know, this is not gonna go well. Oh, right. <laughs> and it's like the world we live in right now. The online world is crazy, isn't it? It's it's harsh, it's vindictive, it's non-relenting, and it's commentary. And it's, it's like the opposite of grace. It's like non-grace. And if you, if you stay far away from the comment section, you know, if you don't want to read verbal abuse. You know, if something's going to wrong, let me tell you, it's now. And we read stuff like that. That's what we're reading. It's kind of the language of the day. And see, we're living in a world that's controlled by negativism and pessimism and fear. And as soon as somebody does something historic... You'll hear, well, we can't celebrate that because something's going to go wrong. All of that is a product of Murphy's Law, which, again, has some basis in truth, but getting extrapolated into a worldview, and then we can live trapped in that worldview. And I'm telling you, we're not living alone, people. We've got a spiritual adversary. And he makes sure that if you're not careful, he's gonna provide the soundtrack for your life. Now, don't be alarmed. How many of you have seen one of these before? Don't worry, it's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> but um, this, is, this is a cassette tape player. And if, if you're not careful, Murphy's law, which we're kind of saying this morning is kind of true on some levels, will get turned into the gospel truth in your life. And the enemy will be right at your door and you'll wake up to this.
1: You are not going to make it. This is too big to overcome. You might as well give up. This is where it all falls apart. You are never going to recover from this. Something bad is going to happen to you. This is never going to work out. God has completely forgotten about you. Don't even think that there is a way through this. I wonder what other terrible things might happen. No one cares about you. No one's pulling for you. The worst thing that could happen will happen. God has abandoned you. You are never going to survive this. You should feel afraid. What if no one likes you after this? What if no one talks to you anymore? You are heading towards disaster. Think of the awful things that might occur. There's no hope.
0: And see, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Nobody's living in a sterile environment going, you know, I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to live a fearful life. No. You have an adversary who will play on either your conditioning, maybe you were brought up in a fear-based family, by fear-based parents, in a fear-based environment, or will take advantage of your controlling nature, which, which comes out of the root in all of us, that's pride, and that says, I want to, you know, manage the affairs of the world. I want to protect my life from any harm or danger. And we try to do it. And the enemy will take advantage of both of these things in our life. And he'll put a soundtrack in place in our lives. And he's relentless with it. He just doesn't stop, does he? He just kind of keeps going on and on. And, and you know, we know this voice because we've heard it in our lives.
1: There's nothing good in your future. Everything you worked so hard for is going to be lost. You're going to be found out. People are going to know how weak and messed up you are. They are going to hate you. Your chances don't look good. This is the
0: end of the road. Just face it. You don't measure up. There are no second chances. He's going to put a soundtrack in your life. But here's the message. It doesn't have to be that way. There's a giant slayer in your valley right now, and his name is Jesus. And so the message isn't buck up, armor up, get your stuff together, get your five smooth stones and take that giant down. That's not the message. The answer and the hope is Jesus has come into the valley and into your valley, and he has silenced fear. And so you have a third option, and it's not simply the human reaction of fight or flight, but there's a third way. And if, you, and if it's not fight and if it's not flight, then what's the third way? The third way is the way of faith. It's standing on my faith. And, and God is not calling you to muscle up on your fear and to beat it down, and he certainly doesn't want you to turn and run from your fear and be afraid. What you want to do is choose the road called faith and believe and receive that he's there with you in your story. And he's going to lead you through. There's a relationship between faith and fear. They're inseparably linked together all the time. And we'll see it in scripture. I know this sounds crazy, but, but I, think about the fact that fear is faith. It's just faith in the wrong things, right? It's believing in the wrong things. Fear is faith in what the enemy, his lies speaks into your life isn't that true you know it's believing the devil's plans are going to succeed instead of God's plans for your life it's the devil is going to wash me down the tubes you know the devil is going to cause all of our plans to evaporate he's going to get the upper hand he's going to win the day he's going to be more powerful than 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 who God is in my life and whenever we live in that lifestyle of fear we're simply putting our faith in the enemy or in his lies But there's a better option, and that is putting our faith in Christ. Jesus talks about this relationship between fear and faith. In the next scripture, we're going to read in Matthew chapter 8. This is kind of where we're going to hang for the rest of our time this morning. And it says, in this particular text, it's one of the occasions that the followers of Jesus are on the Sea of Galilee, and the storm starts coming up. The storm starts blowing. And there's several places that occurs in the text, but in in Matthew chapter 8, this is what happens. Verse 23. It says, then Jesus got in the boat and his disciples followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Let me just pause there because there's a realist in here going, he's showing nice talk, but hey, there's some waves coming over my boat right now. This is real stuff. And trust me, I get it. You know, I, I, pray, <laughs> I pray with people in our family and the, and the Destiny family all the time. And we've got some people with water coming in the boat. Some of you sitting in the room right now. And so this message isn't some little, you know, snap your fingers and let's all have a happy thought and sing a happy song. And let's put a bumper sticker on the back of our car and honk at each other. We love Jesus, you know. That's not it. This message is a message for the people who have legitimate waves blowing into their world and legitimate water coming into their boat. And even in that, there's a way that's called faith. It's not fight, you know. How fast can we bail? It's not flight. We all might as well just jump overboard and give up. It's faith in the middle of it all. And he shows us how this works. In this story, you're like, why are there are stories like this in Scripture? Why are they recorded for Why are they a part of the, the Word of God that, that lives forever and never, ever fades away? I think it's so that we can look into real-life situations and give some lifetime principles that we can actually apply right here and right now, this morning, to whatever we're facing. And so he says, the water's sweeping. It's coming into the boat. And it says, Jesus was sleeping. Jesus! Sleeping on the job. And sometimes we see that and we go, yeah! That's exactly what's happened in my life, Sean. There's waves coming over and it seems like Jesus is sleeping. Where's he at? Well, listen, you can take that two ways. You can say, well, he's sleeping because he's not interested He's, he knows that he's God. Well, he's not going to drown. <laughs> so he's, he's just, he doesn't care what happens. He's going to take a nap. Or he could take it this way. It seems like Jesus is calm here. There's a storm going on, but he's not concerned. And so if Jesus is calm, maybe that's a roadway for me to travel on where I can find calm, even in the face of circumstances. That are not very calming. Jesus is in the boat with me. Verse 25, and they wake him up and they say what? Save us! Because we're all going to sink. We're all going to drown. What can go wrong, will go wrong, right? Don't you like how they try to finish the story? They're writing their own narrative, aren't they? They're, they're writing the ending, and some of you have written out the whole narrative too. You see your story, and, and, and because this happened, then that happened in the, that situation, it's going to happen in this circumstance, and let me finish the story. Let me write it out. We're going to see! This is what's going to become of me. Let me tell you. Right? And they took the Murphy way out. We're going to sink. We're going to drown. So let me just say this this morning. Start, stop writing out your whole narrative the Murphy way. Because that's this. Right? It's listening to this voice. God is not going to help you. You are on your own.
1: Think about how bad it's going to be. You are alone in this, you are a failure.
0: Jesus, when they wake him up, you know what he says? What does he say? You have little faith. You have little faith. And I don't think it was this hellfire brimstone moment. I think he was kind of waking up and he's looking around. How how many of you know how you are when you wake up? (laughs) He's like, oh man, this is crazy. Guys, look, we, right before, we just got through healing a bunch of people. Do you remember that right before we got on the boat? Right before we got on the boat. I mean, I mean, I did. You were there. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and we did miraculous things today. We did things that no man could do. We overrode the laws of nature today. We saw the miraculous. <laughs> we did what no man could do yesterday. Not, not, not today, not last week, not at the retreat five years ago. Today! And just before we got in the boat, and maybe that's why I'm taking a nap. I gave all that stuff, all my energy out, and I just wanted to take a nap. <laughs> it's like the pastor after Sunday morning, right? Preach. <laughs> I was just wanted to take a nap. I've been pouring out my lives for these people. And I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I was, just taking it, I was just taking a nap. And so he says, guys, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And immediately he connected faith and fear. You see that? So the antidote to fear isn't courage, interestingly. The message again isn't, hey, you need to be stronger. You need to buck up. You need to, get your five, you, need, you need to get your five smooth stones. You need to hulk up a little bit. That's not the message. It's not the antidote to fear. The antidote to fear is faith and the right kind of faith, faith in the almighty. And, and, and so he's just trying to help them rearrange a little bit. And he said, here's your options. You can either look at the wind and the waves and you can have faith in the wind of waves. That's kind of what you're done because you're already writing writing the rest of the narrative here. You're writing the rest of the story. We're going to sink. We're going to drown. Or you could look at me sleeping in the boat and say, Well, I choose to have faith in that guy because he did some crazy stuff today. And maybe if we wake him up, he'll do some more crazy stuff. And so, you know, which would be a whole different tone. You know, uh, Jesus, I hate to bother you, right? I hate to bother you, but, you know, we're human here, and, you know, we're, 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 we're just getting started with you, and there's water coming in the boat. I know you maybe didn't notice that. You're, sorry, you are taking a nap. I'm sorry about that, you know. But I know you're going to do something, but you could, maybe you could just go ahead and do it now. <laughs> And you know what, I I think he would have said, wow, what great faith, thank you. And I think he would have done the exact same thing that he did, which was to speak to the wind and the waves and say, what? Be still. And then it was perfectly calm. Now, I want to put a footnote here because I just will not gloss over your struggle. And God will not gloss over it either. I've been in places in life where I've bulked up in faith and spoken to the wind and waves, some really big waves, and the wind did not die down, it actually got stronger, and you probably have too, but what we have to take from this text is the laying over of our lives. And then when the wind and the waves come, it's possible that we can still have a sense of calm in the storm. By choosing this pathway of faith in Jesus, it's not just blind faith. It's built on the fact that Jesus was on the boat. (laughs) And Jesus had supernatural power, B. And C, Jesus had a track record. And so they said about him, verse 27, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? And I wonder, what is your answer to that question? I know maybe, you know, what the Sunday school right answer is, but what's your real answer to that question? Who is this man? Is, is, Is your answer, he's Jesus and he loves me. And he's got supernatural power and he overrides the circumstances in my life. He's, in, he's on my side and he's for me and he's in my boat right now. That's the pathway to this lane called faith. So I'm going to give us a new law this morning. Let's call it the shepherd's law, if we can give it a name for you. But before I give that, can we just get a little different spin on this and just say, speak the truth this morning that things don't always go wrong. We have a good God. And so, or are you afraid to say that? Because this Murphyism thing, it's so a part of, of the, the language that we speak. You know, if I say things don't always go wrong, then they're really going to go wrong, right? So if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out of here today and I'm going to have four flat tires and, you know, get stuck and I'm going to need a tow truck and then who knows what's going to happen after that. It'll probably be this horrific scene from this movie that they're going to make out of my life. And... You know, look, if we can't have enough faith to be positive, to even say, you know, guess what? Sometimes things go incredibly right. That, you know, sometimes we get blessed more than we deserve, amen? You know, sometimes we're thinking about this kind of a deal and God gives us a way better deal. And, you know, some God, sometimes we step into a situation and go, man, God has exceeded my expectations in every single way. And God loves to do that. So Jesus is in my boat, and yes, there is water coming over. But, you know, sometimes we just step into the situation. We don't even know how many times, you know, an angel has saved us in this very day from certain harm, right? And so the shepherd's law is this. Whatever goes wrong, my shepherd is with me. He is still with me. Amen? And so, and he will... He will circumvent whatever went wrong for my good and for God's glory. Jesus is in my boat. And yes, there is water coming over the side. But if he's sleeping, I'm calm. I'm calm until he's not calm. (laughs) Right? So how do we turn fear to faith? And how do we stop this guy? How do we stop this guy from playing in our lives?
1: nothing can be done to fix us you are a loser you have too much to overcome this is where it's all going to come crashing down this is not going to work
0: if the enemy has got this guy going how do we stop this guy i'll tell you how we stop this guy by understanding that the soundtrack of our faith is worship We talked about it last week. You know, we can come up to our giant, we can be standing there at the corner and the giant is coming towards us and he's pulled out his machete and we can have all of our focus and all of our attention on that giant. But at that giant's only nine foot tall compared to the vastness and the bigness of God. And what we, what we talked about last week is what worship does is it lifts our sights to a God that is so much bigger than any giant that can stand in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been part of the DNA of destiny from the beginning, and it will continue to be a part of the destiny and the DNA of, of destiny because, you know, we... We have the opportunity to change the narrative of the story from we're going to sink and we're going to drown to Jesus is in our boat and he has a track record. Jesus is in my boat and he has supernatural power and we're going to believe him no matter what the circumstance around us. That's called worship. We have short term memory problems. And so we have to create our own soundtrack that plays constantly as well. So you've got to get a plan. You cannot sit here today and go, Well, I've been encouraged by this message. And, you know, that's awesome. And I'm so glad. But if. What you're going to do with this message, if you don't create a soundtrack, um, at the battle against fear is a soundtrack. Ultimately, this thing is going to come back and it's going to overwhelm you again. And it's going to play in your mind again. And, and you're going to feel distant from this moment and disconnected from the truth that you're hearing right now. And you're going to forget what God was saying and what he is saying in your life. And while you were sitting in this place even this morning, and you're going to go, go, go back up against whatever giant is lying and that soundtrack that's playing in your life, believing all the wrong things. And all the terrible things that could happen, you'll start believing that they're gonna happen to you all over again. So you've gotta create your own soundtrack. You might have heard this before, but there are 365 verses. That's one for every day of the year that say, Fear not. It wasn't just the three stories from our series in December. <laughs> because why do you think that is? Because God knew that we were going to face things that would make us afraid. And so he said, "I'm going to give you a lot of truth in this area because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Now faith and fear comes by hearing when you pick up the phone and you talk to a friend and say, "Did you hear about so-and-so?" And did you hear the news? Did you read that article? And hearing that produces fear faith. But the hearing that produces God faith is the word of the living God. And so I encourage you to put a soundtrack in your life based on the word of God so that you can have a song in your mouth to fight against the giant called fear. David, when he came into the valley of Elon, David was not just some little scrawny brother shepherd boy, right? We talked about this in the, in the, the series. Uh, what was it called? The man. Help me out. What was it called? I can't think of it. Um, The boy from Bethlehem. You know, he's just not this scrawny little guy. He actually wrote 73 of the 150 Psalms in the word of God. He was a man of valor. He was a champion. You know, he was a fighter. He ruled a nation. He was a man's man. We looked at those scriptures. But he was a man of worship. And he knew how to rely on the God of hope. He wrote in Psalms 34 these words. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my... (laughs) yeah. He delivered me from all of them and I had a bunch of them, but I saw him and he answered me and he delivered me and he saw God in his worship. Read his songs and let them be the roadmap for your journey through faith to see the giant of fear in your life come down. we've got it at our fingertips right now. Making a soundtrack for worship is really, really easy. You just go to Apple Music or Spotify or your computer or YouTube, and you can get a playlist and make it. I want to be XYZ. You know, grab your favorite worship bands, and they're on instantly, and you're set. If you don't know how to do it, grab your two-year-old, and they'll do it for you. (laughs) Get your favorite, you know, you're listening to a soundtrack of worship wherever you are. And so you can make a a playlist and take it with you on your phone. And you can make a CD if you're still rocking the CD player in your car. (laughs) Get on your computer and burn that soundtrack. You can make a soundtrack of praise, but you have to take that step. You have to take up that place of this. And you have to step in and go, you know what? I'm not tolerating Murphyism in my life. I'm going to make a soundtrack of worship to help me walk down this pathway called faith. And I want to encourage you to to make a playlist of songs that are rooted in the Word of God, that are just kind of your soundtrack. It's like your theme music. And you have quick access to it. And if music isn't in your thing, then get in God's Word. You know, YouVersion, the, the, the Bible app that most of us have on our phones, it'll read it to you. You can play it on the way to work. It's free. Can I just help you with this really fast? I think we, we, we all get this on some level, Brent, you can come up. But anybody got that song that you go to, that go-to song, you know, when, when you're gonna work out and you just play that song and it's like, yeah. And it makes you, you know, work a little bit harder or a little bit longer, or you're going to this big business meeting and you've got that track. I don't know what it, taking care of business, whatever it is. <laughs> or you're going to work and you've got to face some big stuff that day and you're cranking tunes on the way to the work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even the world knows that music changes the atmosphere and it sets the mood. And, you know, all the popular streaming services have features with curated playlists, right? Chill music, workout music, you know, romantic music. And we're spoiled and some of you came in an era where they didn't have any modern worship music and, you know, and in those days there weren't a lot of good options so you just memorized a hymn from church, right? And you took it with you that way. But does anybody have a song that you go to under pressure? Anybody have a song like that? Either before a big meeting or before you go out in the big sporting event. I know my daughter Bella has a basketball sound playlist that she listens to. Maybe when you just need to decompress and you just kind of get alone and you've got something you go to. This is this is this is what I went to right here. Brent, could you just give us just a second? I'm gonna give let him get him a glimpse into my soundtrack when I was growing up. Some of you might. Uh, n- be encouraged by this you might know this song would you play this first one here michael anybody know that one right there Nick Reed. <laughs> oh, Papa, to sing it here, <laughs> little little Shut the door. Jesus the This was my soundtrack when I was going up. So sing the song with you. And I would sing this into that little Shut bird you know. in my basement. Shut and I would you sing know. it out. Shut Shut they they out. Shut <laughs> <on> the <laughs> <laughs> Or how about this one? Looking for Get that pop music going. My place in this world! <laughs> you belt it out and sing it out. Get a little Smitty going. And then I also have to have a little bit of rock and roll. Anybody, any White Heart fans in the house? All right, yes. So these were the songs that would play. You know, and then you'd, you'd play them and then of course you'd have to hit rewind and play them again. But you know, we all have songs that mean something and that's it. My parents will let me crank those basement speakers to their limit and I had every word of whole stacks of albums memorized and I mean listening to that right there. That still takes me back, right? Right back to then and there and in the midst of a real blind, I might go back to Randy all over again because that's spoken in my life, right? and and so but thank goodness we're living in a different age and so you don't have to necessarily reach back for your classic songs to get you through unless that song is you know what keeps you rooted and it's rooted in god's word and it's able to make the enemy flee but it's just like you know when the eye of the tiger comes on you're like (laughs) and you know that no matter how hard the fight is that the giant is going down and rocky's gonna win and if you get a place where you don't have earbuds, and I'm sorry, Brent, I forgot I had these videos in this, this little part. Okay. But you, you, might, you might just do what Kronk did. How many of you remember Kronk from Emperor's New Groove? And he made his own soundtrack. Remember this?
1: Guess where I am right now. Uh-huh. In the bag. Still think I'm not the victim here? Watch, it gets better. Oh, he's doing his own theme music?
0: So that's awesome. But in all seriousness, there's power in laying down a soundtrack for your life. So what I'm asking today is, what is your soundtrack? What's your soundtrack? And if you're listening to this guy, it's time to change it. Because what he's going to say is something bad is going to happen. You're never going to get this right. That's his soundtrack. But did did you know that you can tell the enemy to go? I could check this, but I need to save it for second service. (laughs) You know what Jesus said? He said, the devil is a liar. Stand with me. He said, fear is a liar. He said, we're done. So let's just speak the truth over our lives this morning. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the truth in our lives. The devil is a liar. And any lies that the enemy that has spoken into our lives, we just say that they're null and void And they cannot stand when you declare the truth in our lives. So let's change our soundtrack this morning. Let's declare the word of God is stronger and has a firmer foundation than any lies that that other soundtrack has for us. And let's let the beat play on. And let's worship with all that we are. And we can sing a song like this. And all I did was pray. all I did was worship and all I did was bow down and all I did was stay just sing this one time hallelujah It's strengthen up. It's not hulk up, but it's worship. It's worship. Set your sights higher. That's where we're at this morning. And so, with nobody looking around, heads bowed, we just want to give you an opportunity. If you walked into this place this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we want to invite you into that relationship. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand up high? We just want to uh, say a prayer with you, really quick. Is there anybody? Well, let's pray this prayer together. Father God, Father God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you are. You're sending us, this morning. sending us this morning We are your sent ones We are your sent ones. To carry a tune carry a tune of truth of truth into a world into a world that is full that is full of a soundtrack of lies. Soundtrack your lies. truth stands your truth. Let stands. your truth stand let your truth And let stand. your truth be loud in us. Let your truth be loud in us. Louder than any voice of the enemy. Louder than any voice of the enemy. In your name we pray, amen and Amen. amen. Come on, somebody give a shout this morning. Giant's going down.